Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. He was blessed because he was upright and blameless and he feared God and he shunned evil. Job was blessed because he feared God and not the other way around. Verse 10 says, have you not made a hedge around him? around his household and around all that he has on every side. And remember, we were talking right now in First Peter, shielded by God's power. And that's exactly what God did with Job. He caused and he built a hedge. You guys know what a hedge is, right? In landscaping, there's certain little plants that if you bunch together, they grow and they, they make like a little wall. That's a hedge. Some hedges are really big. God created a hedge, a spiritual hedge around Job and all his stuff. God has shielded you. And even when God allows the enemy to come and touch something, that's called a test of faith, by the way, right? God sometimes allows the enemy to test your faith through situations. That's only to build you up and make you stronger and to help you believe that God is great in a whole new other level. To take you to greater places. How many say amen? I see a lot of young people. A lot of you guys are going to be pastors. Some of you guys are going to be maybe, um, I don't know, architects, engineers. You guys, uh, some teachers. Some of you guys are going to be lead worshipers. And, and God's going to do incredible things. But God cannot take you to that place in the condition that you're in right now. God, God needs to still build up your faith. And he builds up your faith by what? By letting you go through situations and encouraging you to trust him because that faith put in God is what takes you to have victory over victory and then you have what we call testimonies and then as you grow the deeper you go and you get into Christ and into believing what he does in your life the more you could be able to share and stand and have foundational situations like we spoke a few weeks ago that you could say look my God did this for me. Of course he's going to get me through this situation. And it's going to help you be able to carry out your ministry and your calling. Proverbs 13, 12. I'm going to read you three verses really quick. Because like we said, the book of Job is very indicative of our lives. 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. You see, when it takes time for what you're hoping for to come past, man, like it says here, it makes the heart sick because we want situations to get resolved quick or no. But when it comes, when something that you desired, something that you were hoping for finally come, it's a tree of life. Look what Job 6. This is the same Job that we're talking about here. Fast forward after all this stuff happened to his life and he's going through this miserable season of his life. Look what he tells God. He says, oh, that my grief were fully weighed. If there was a way to measure how crappy I feel. And my calamity laid with it on scales. For then it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words have been rash. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. My spirit drinks in their poison. Because before they used to shoot arrows. And they used to put poison to kill their adversaries. Right? And he started saying, look, the arrows of the Almighty. It's like God is striking me. He's shooting arrows at me. And, and my spirit drinks of their poison. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Oh, that I may have my request. 
He's asking God for one request, and it might surprise you, that God would grant me the thing that I long for. Here it is, verse 9, that it would please God to crush me. He's like, please, God, take me out of this misery. Kill me already. That he would lose his hand and cut me off, like saying, oh, whoops, Job, sorry, my bad. Then I would still have comfort. He got into a season of his life that nothing would console this guy. He lost everything, all his children, all his possessions, all his servants. He went from being the greatest guy in the East to being the person that everybody overlooked and said, I wonder what Job did that God has him in this situation. Totally cast aside. And sometimes we are doing the right thing and we are in situations that we don't understand. And we're like, God, why have you turned people against me? Why, why is it that I'm going through this situation if I'm doing all the right things? You could be the strongest Christian, but it's very easy to lose hope. And surrender it. Job got to a place where he surrendered his hope. I know he worshipped God after he just finished hearing the news. But man, when difficult situations continue extending itself for time and time and time and time, you start questioning yourself and the enemy starts messing with you. He starts saying, oh, are you still serving God? You, you still uphold your integrity with God? You're still going to hang on to faith? You're still going to have hope? Come on. You're not, you're not getting any better. How long have you been doing that? Has it worked for you? The enemy starts messing with you. But that's why we got to be people of conviction. We have to be people that we stand on the word of God. And I don't care what's going. I don't care if I'm locked up. I don't care what happens. God is going to deliver me. How many say amen? Come on, touch a person next to you and tell them, hold on. Pain ends. It's going to get better. And that's not my promise as a pastor. That's God's promise as your creator. In Job 17, 15, look, this is another case of Job losing it. He says, where then is my hope? As for my hope, who can see it? Like saying, where has my hope gone? I, I don't have hope anymore. I don't see it getting any better. And maybe there's people here that in certain situations that you're going through right now or, or in situations that you've gone through, You've gotten to a point where you've said, I have no hope. I don't see it getting any better. I don't think, I don't see a way that it could get better. Well, listen to me. You can never lose hope because the God that you serve is greater than anything that you've ever seen, experienced in your life. God is going to get you through. I don't care what they've done to you in the past. I don't care what people have said negatively over your life. God speaks words of blessing over your life. God upholds you with his right hand, right? It doesn't matter how people mistreat you. God will never mistreat you. God will never promise you something and not fulfill it, right? He's a man that fulfills his promise. So hope is powerful. Hope is the only thing stronger than fear. The only thing stronger than fear. Make sure it's your hopes and not your hurts that shape your future. I read something that Martin Luther King said once. We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. I'm going to say it again. We must accept finite disappointment. Finite meaning it's going to end. Disappointments aren't, aren't going to last forever. But the hope in Christ must always be infinite, right? Because he would always, always come through. So reading a little bit about Job, what I wanted to do is take a glance at the life of Jesus. And, and I found, as I close up, a common denominator for many who received hope and mercy through Jesus' ministry. And I want to share them really quick. You don't have to look them up. If you want to write them down, Luke 18, 35 to 43, there was the story of a blind man. And the blind man was begging on the side of the road. And when he heard that Jesus was coming over, he started screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy 
on me. He cried out, Jesus, son of David. And if you guys remember the story correctly, they would tell him, shh, shh, don't bother, don't bother the teacher. Don't bother Jesus because he's busy doing something else. But he kept on crying out louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In John chapter 5, verse 6, we see the man in the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And he started saying, yes, I've been waiting for somebody to throw me into the pool so that when the angel stirs up the water, I could be healed. In Psalms 3, 4, Old Testament, we see the story of David where he calls out on the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. He says, I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Let me share with you which is the common denominator of all these people that received mercy and grace and hope from God. You guys want to know what it is? Is that they all cried out to God. They all cried out to Jesus. You know, when you're going through situations, what's the first thing you do? Well, the first thing you have to do is cry out to God before you pick up the phone and you tell your friend, before you go ahead and you instant message somebody that's close to you and tell them, I can't believe what this person did to me, or I can't believe what I'm going through. I can't go to God. How many say amen? Because if you cry out to Jesus, you're going to get your situation resolved. This blind guy, man, he didn't even know what Jesus looked like, man. But he said, look, I've heard a lot of good things about this man, and this may be my last chance. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard, and what happened? What if this guy wouldn't have screamed? He probably would have died blind. The healer walking right by him, and he had the revelation to cry out to him. And let me tell you, Jesus is right. He lives inside of you now. He's not even crossing by you. The Bible says that when we receive God, he comes to live inside of us. We have the power of God that raised Jesus up from the dead, living inside of us. And yet sometimes we go through situations and we're like, Job, we're like, where is hope? I have no hope. This is not going to get better. And I want to let you know that I don't care what you've seen. And, and I, I hope that you could muster up some faith and the Holy Spirit builds your faith right now in this instant supernaturally to understand and to finally believe. Because sometimes it's not until you believe, it's not until you have that hope that God is up for you and that God is going to you know, erase all the past and you're starting to build right fresh and you're starting to build anew and that Everything that you saw from your family before Christ, B.C., it's nothing compared to what you're going to see after Christ. I'm a testimony of that. I saw that. My family, from what I hear from my dad, before they knew Christ, they were poor. They, they, they were miserable. Everybody died of cancer. I mean, it was crazy. My family was messed up. But when Jesus came, everything changed. Everything changed. And I, I was born into the good part of the story, right? And I thank God for that. And, and I've seen the glory of God. I've seen the provision of God. I've seen how God sustained my parents. We were talking about Luca, and Luca has a privilege that not many people have, but he has all four grandparents alive. And that's a blessing for Luca to grow up with all four of his grandparents. They're all serving God. And you know what? It took a while for this to happen, but you know what? You're building your future. Maybe you're the first generation that came to Christ, but you know what? Your generations are going to see the power of God. Your generation is going to see the hedge of God around you, how God sustains you, how God blesses you and protects you. So the common denominator of all these instances that I shared with you is that they all cried out to Jesus. What do you do on the worst day of your life? What do you do when it appears you lost everything that was important and valuable and worth fighting for? You cry out to Jesus, the king of hope. Come on, put your hands next to the person next to you and tell them there's hope. There's hope, but you need to cry out to God. 
We have to understand that there's purpose and pain. Psalms 147.11 says, 7.11, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. Look what it says. He takes pleasure. God, God loves it. He takes pleasure. He's up in heaven and he says, Man, I love when my, son, when my children are going through situations. That maybe they don't understand what's going on here on the other side. Because Job didn't know that Satan and God had a conversation. We see that. And that should be enough revelation so that you can know that stuff is going on in heaven when you're going through tough situations. It's not that God is not responding. It's not that God is ignorant or he has other things that he's doing. He knows. You're being talked about in heaven. And, and you have angels that are like, come on, Brandon. Come on, Charlie. Come on. You could do it. Hold on to the faith. God's not going to give up on you. And then when in heaven they see that somebody held on to faith, cried out to Jesus, and got the victory. Man, I'm guessing that in heaven, you know, it says that when a sinner repents, there's party in heaven. But I'm sure there's going to be some shouts of people up there in heaven when they see us do the right thing and see God glorifying himself. Right? The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. JTP Church, if you know who your God is, you can come to a point where you lose it all and know that you will recover more than you lost every time. Every time. I'm going to say that. This is too good to not say again. If you know who your God is, and that's the key right there, you can come to a point where you lose it all, like Job, and still know that you will recover more than you lost Every single time. Let me show you how Job's story ended, okay? It's, it's a long story, but let me just fast forward to the end. Job 42, if you can go with me. Job 42, verse 1 through 6. And then we'll read a little bit more, and then we're done. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. You see, at the beginning he worshiped. Then he went through a season of his life when his friends started cursing him. His wife, I mean, he felt lonely and, and he started thinking that God was against him. But then at the end, he finally realized and he says this declaration that sometimes we sing about and sometimes we do sermons about. It's a, it's a very common, well-known declaration. I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered and I have spoken what I didn't understand. You see, I didn't understand what you were up to. And I didn't understand why this was happening. That happens to us too. I didn't understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees you sometimes we come to church and we can hear testimonies of other people saying how God delivered them from stuff but it's not until you get into some serious stuff and you have to cry out to Jesus and you see the response of heaven over your life that you can say wow I used to hear about what God could do but now my eyes see you how many say amen I believe that some people here that you're probably going through difficult situations and God wants to show himself in a, in a whole new light and he wants to get you to the point where you say, well, I used to hear about God. I used to come to church. And I was kind of different. But it's not until I went through this situation that caused pain. And I held down to hope. And I got to know who God is because I cried out to him. And I saw him come and save me despite everything that I was going through. Now I could say that my eyes have seen him. Therefore, I abhor myself. Look what he says. 
I hate myself and I repent in dust and ashes. He's like saying, why didn't I react this way at the beginning? Why didn't I just preserve my faith? Why didn't I continue hoping in God? He is my true anchor. Verse number 12 says, now the Lord blessed. Everybody say, God blesses. God blesses. Put your arm around the person closest to you and tell them, God's going to bless you. And now look at them and tell them, don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. Tell them, I don't care what you've seen to this day. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginnings. Not only did he recover, not only was he restored. What was that definition, Carly, that you shared the other day? That it was greater than the prior restoration, right? It's not just recovering what you lost. The end result is greater than what you started off. That's exactly what happened to Job. More than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep. He started with seven. And if you do the math, it's exactly two times more than what he had. He doubled. He doubled. 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. He had 10 children. Now he, he had more children. And he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapuch. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. Babe, you must be a descendant of Job. <laughs> and their father gave them an inheritance. Look, inheritance usually used to be just for the guys, but this guy, he was so blessed. He gave an inheritance even to his daughters. To his... And the Bible says in verse 16, Job lived 140 years after this and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. I did the math. Exactly the double. He had lost 4.68 million. And now the old man was packing 9.36 million in cattle. All right? In cattle. Does God bless? Does God restore or what? Come on. Put your hands together. This is the kind of God that we serve. I'm here to tell you if the band could come up. In 2017, that the same God that helped Job recover. All that he lost is here to do the same with you. JTP Church, this is with you now, all right? I don't want to lose you now in the punchline, all right? Because this has nothing to do with Job. God bless him, but he lived a long, long time ago. But now you, the same thing he did with Job, he can do with you. I don't know what you've lost, or maybe you haven't even started building, but God is with you, and his promises for you are great. And he wants to prosper you. And he wants to get you to a place of recognition. So that when you talk to all the people and you start telling them about Jesus Christ, they can look at you and say, wow, yes, I see the glory of God over his life. I see how God prospered him. I see how God uses him. I see how this person is different from other people because they don't curse. They don't do all the things that other people. But I see how God blesses them. And his favor is always. And we become testimony. And in doing so, we give glory to God. And when people come and ask you, sometimes you don't even have to say much. You're so blessed. People come and ask, hey, how in the world did you do it? You know what? Man, I cried out to God. That's all. And I always live with hope, knowing that if, even if I go through situations in life, which I, we all do, God always restores. How many believe that? The Bible says that his mercies are new every day and his hand has not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear is heavy that it cannot hear. God is still alive and well and working 
and blessing and restoring. It's just a matter of us crying out to God. And above all things, make sure you imitate Job because Job was a blameless, upright person. He served God and he would, he would make sure that he feared God in everything. He didn't want to make any mistakes. He wanted to make sure that he lived according to God's word. I'm sure that Job would always meditate in God in the scriptures and meditate in what he can do. You know what the Bible says? That Job sometimes would even give an offering for his children in case that his children would forget. He's like, I don't want my children to be cursed. So he would give an offering for him and for his children. I mean, this guy was upright. He, he understood that pleasing God is the way to success. Pleasing God is the way to make sure that you have a hedge around you. Stand on your feet, JTP Church.